Heavenly Father, I pray in Jesus' name that you'll move on this listener right now in your gentle, loving, powerful, and merciful way as they listen to this message from All Nations Church in Tallahassee. Amen. Take your Bibles this morning and turn with us to the book of Galatians chapter 2. Galatians chapter 2. We want to talk this morning about what it means to live by faith, how that plays out in our life, what it looks like, what differences does it make to you and me. Kind of reminds me of the story of the uh, guy who lived in western Oklahoma. He played the guitar and sang. He did a lot of funerals, personal friends with a funeral director. One day the funeral director called him and said, I've got a funeral for a guy that's homeless. He has no family, no friends. We're just on a graveside. Would you mind coming and doing Amazing Grace? He said, sure, I'd be happy to. Told him where the cemetery was at. and It was way out in the middle of nowhere. Had a pipe in the daylight. It was so far back in the, in the nowhere. And when he uh, took off to go to the funeral, he got lost. And being a typical man, he refused to stop and ask for directions. So he finally got there about an hour late. And when he got there, he noticed that the uh, workers, the backhoe was silent, the workers were eating lunch, the funeral director was nowhere to be, be found, the hearse was out of sight, no one not there. And he felt so bad about it, so he went up to the workers, he apologized to them for being late. And then he went over to the graveside and looked down and he saw that the concrete lid was already on the vault. So he thought, well, I'm going to do what they asked me to do anyway. So he put out his guitar and started strumming it and singing Amazing Grace. The workers gathered around as he sang it, and one of them began to weep. When he saw that, he sang even more, sang his heart out, Amazing Grace. And then when he was finished, he turned to go back to his car, and just as he was opening the door, he heard one of the workers say this statement. He said, man, that was really moving. I've never seen anything like that before, and I've been installing septic tanks for over 20 years. If you don't know what a septic tank is, you need to look it up. You can Google it, it'll tell you, all right? You'll figure it out. This morning, we want to talk about living by faith. Let me give some background for the book of Galatians. Galatians is the only book that wasn't written to one church, but to a multitude of churches in the area of Galatia. And Paul is writing this book because the Galatians started their walk with Christ by faith, believing that they received everything through Jesus by faith. But then they diverted from that, and they begin to say that we are justified by doing good works. They revert back to the law rather than to faith. And so Paul was writing this book to absolutely make a huge argument against the fact that uh, this is not by works, but it is by faith. He argues and declares that the law pronounces men guilty and imprison them. But faith sets men free and gives them liberty in Jesus Christ. But he also wants us to know, and we'll see that when we read the book, liberty is not a license to do anything we want to do or live any way we want to live. When we accept Jesus Christ by faith, it becomes the freedom to do works of righteousness in our lives, fruits of righteousness that are produced through that life of faith. That's why I wrote in Galatians 5, verses 22 and 23, but the fruit of the Spirit is love, joy, peace, long-suffering, kindness, goodness, faithfulness, gentleness, self-control. Against such, there is no law. So it makes it very clear that if you're living a life of faith, there should be some fruit produced that prove you're actually living that life of faith. So let's look at the Scripture this morning. Galatians chapter 2, we're reading two verses, verses 20 and 21. Paul writes it this way, I've been crucified with Christ. 
It's no longer I who live, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in the flesh, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. I do not set aside the grace of God. For if righteousness comes through the law, then Christ died in vain. Father, this morning, add your anointing to the preaching of the word. Help each and every one of us in this room to know and understand the power and the importance of trusting in your name and by faith receiving every good thing that you have stored up for us. Help us to understand what it really means to live by faith today and how that impacts and challenges and changes our lives. We pray it in Jesus' name. Amen. You know, when I started thinking about this topic of uh, living by faith and what that means to me and you, I've remembered a lot of times down through the years of serving the Lord and seeing people serve the Lord that we kind of get things skewed a little bit. Often, we only think about living by faith when we have a huge need that we can't solve. When we're out of money and we don't know where any more is coming from, then we say we got to live by faith. Or when a diagnosis is bad and medical science has no answer for us, we say, we've got to live by faith. Or when a relationship goes south and a spouse walks out and we have no way to remedy that, then we say, we have to live by faith. Or when a teenage child is rebellious and turns their back on God and declares their hatred of the parent, then we say, we've got to live by faith. But I've come to tell you this morning that if we don't learn to live by faith when times are good, we'll never be able to live by faith when times are bad. We've got to learn to live by faith when there's plenty of money in the bank. When we are well, when we're healed, when we are whole, we've got to learn to live by faith. We've got to learn to live by faith when the relationship with the spouse is good, when our children are not in rebellion, so that when we come to those hard times, and listen to me, every one of us will come to those hard times. Know and assure yourself that there is an enemy who attacks you, who desires to destroy you and destroy your faith. And that enemy will do all that he can to help you believe that God doesn't care about you. He's not interested in you. He's unconcerned about you. And if he does that and you allow him to do that, you won't live by faith in the difficult times. But when things are good, if you stand and declare the goodness of God, when things are smooth, if you stand and declare the goodness of God. When things are going well, if you stand and declare the goodness of God. If you never rely on yourself in the good times, but always rely on God in the good times, when the hard times come, you'll find yourself living by faith. So don't think this is something that's only relegated to the difficulties of life, because it's not. This deals with every day, every moment of every day, and every problem we encounter and challenge we face. If we choose to live by faith, then God's going to see us through. God's going to bring us through to victory every single time. So let's talk about it. Three things I want to share with you this morning, what it means to live by faith. Number one, according to the scriptures, it means we are justified. Look to, with me to Colossians chapter 2, and I'm going to read for you, <clears throat> drop on down a little bit and read verses 16 and 17 of that chapter. It says, knowing that a man is not justified by the works of the law, but by faith in Christ Jesus, even we have believed in Christ Jesus, that we might be justified by faith in Christ, not by the works of the law. For by the works of the law, no flesh shall be justified. Verse 17. But if while we seek to be justified by Christ, 
we ourselves are also found sinners. Is Christ therefore a minister of sin? Certainly not. For I build again those things which I destroy, and I make myself a transgressor. What is Paul saying? He's saying we've got to get this right, and we've got to get it straight. We've got to understand that when we live by faith, we're not justified by the things we do. Rather, the things we do are evidence of the faith that's within us. But if we ever revert to the place where we believe it's what I do that's more important than who I believe in and who I serve, then we find ourselves in a position where we fall back into sin. We're denying the faith and the grace of the Lord Jesus Christ. And Paul said, if I do that, if I choose to go back to relying on my works and my good deeds and my church membership and my church attendance and how faithful I am and how much I give, if I go back to the law and walk away from faith in Jesus Christ, then he says, I'm actually building again the things that I destroyed through faith in Jesus Christ. It's an interesting passage we need to really grab a hold of and understand so that we can hang on to it as we walk through this message this morning. What does it mean to be justified by faith? Well, justification is God's righteous act of removing the guilt and the penalty of sin from our lives. Well, at the same time, when he removes that guilt and penalty of sin, he's declaring the ungodly to be righteous. That's me and you. We were ungodly. By faith, we came to him. Prior to coming to him in faith, we were ungodly. And through faith in Jesus Christ, we are then declared justified because of his sacrifice and because of his atonement. Romans 5.1 says it this way, therefore, having been justified by faith, we have peace with God through our Lord Jesus Christ. I don't know about you, but I want to be at peace with God. I don't want to be an enemy of God. I want to be a friend of God. I want to be at peace with God. When you look at that verse in the Greek, the verb tense for justified literally means once and for all. We are justified once and for all. It's that transaction. We've been justified. That is declared not guilty once and for all. The word justified is not only a theological term, it's also a judicial and a legal term. And we can look clear back to as far as the book of Genesis, and we can see the question asked in Genesis 18.25, shall not the judge of the earth deal justly? So when we accept Jesus Christ as our Savior, we understand that he died in our place, and because of his death and his resurrection, all of our sin was accounted to him. So when we come to him in faith, then we are justified, we become at peace with God, our unrighteousness is gone, our sin is gone, our filthiness is gone, and we stand redeemed, we stand rescued, we stand justified because of him. The penalty for our sin has been wiped away. Another book that talks about living by faith is the book of Habakkuk. If you've never read it, you should. It's only a few short chapters. Chapter one, Habakkuk the prophet is asking God, why is there so much violence in our land? Why is there so much evil going on around us? Why do you tolerate this? Then he asks a second question. Why are you going to use the Babylonians to punish the Jews who have turned their back on you because the Babylonians are more evil than we are? Then in chapter 2, verse 1, he says, I've decided I will stand my watch and I will wait to hear what God has to say about these questions. And then you'll read it in chapter 2, verses 1 through 4. 
And he says, I stood on the wall and God said to me, write the vision, make it plain so that he who runs can read it. In other words, so that everybody can understand what I'm saying to them. And then you'll find this little nugget tucked into verse four, where God says to him, the just shall live by faith. Who are the just? Those who have been justified. Those who have been deemed as clean in the sight of God. The just shall live by faith. So let's go back to what Paul said. He said we're justified in verses 16 and 17 of Galatians chapter 2. So if we're justified, we're a part of the just. And if we're just, then we have the responsibility to live by faith. To live by faith. We need to understand that's exactly what God wants us to do, to live by faith. How are we saved? By grace through faith. It's a gift of God, not of works, lest any man should boast. By grace through faith. We receive the grace of Jesus Christ through faith in him, his death and his resurrection, and believing when we ask him to forgive us, that's exactly what he does. And in that moment of time, once for all, we are then justified before the Lord Jesus Christ. So when we understand that, it takes us to a place where we can actually trust him to do what he said he would do. See, faith is really trusting God to do what he said he would do. Believing that his word and his promises are true. Believing that in any situation, good or bad, he never leaves me, he never forsakes me. Believing that in any situation, good or bad, he loves me. He loves me with an undying, unending love. And that I can put my trust in him and know, listen, know he will never fail. I love that third song that Tom did this morning. It says, he never loses. Oh, that should have inspired you today. If that doesn't light your fire, your wood must be wet. That's a good song. Matter of fact, let's do that at the end of the service again, Tom. I love that song. He never loses. Do you understand? When we put our faith in God, we are identifying with a God who never loses. On the darkest day on the planet, when the devil thought he had won, When Jesus hung on the cross and gave his life for all of us, the enemy thought it was defeat. The disciples thought it was defeat, but in fact, he didn't lose. He didn't lose. In that period of time when he gave his life for you and me, he won the greatest victory that's ever been fought. The greatest battle that's ever been won was won that day. So even when life makes no sense, even when I don't understand, even when I can't comprehend what God is doing, I can still trust him because I'm choosing to live by faith. I can trust him because he's a God who never fails. I can trust him because he's a God who honors his word. I can trust him because he's faithful in every situation. I can trust him because he knows my needs before I ask. Oh, somebody, can you say amen? And trust the living God. This past week, Yvonne and I watched a movie. We'd never seen it before. It's a movie about the life of Jeremy Camp. What was the name of it? I can't remember. I still believe that was it. Powerful, powerful, powerful movie. And at the end of it, he pins the words to that song, I Still Believe. If you've never heard it, you need to Google it and listen to it today. After losing his wife to cancer, being married only a very, very short period of time, He was able to say, I still believe. You see, when you're living by faith, 
even in the darkest circumstances, in the darkest situations, you can stand and declare, I still believe. I believe God is faithful. I believe God is good. I believe God is able. I believe God is with me. I still believe. See, faith that we live by, living faith, is based on the sacrifice and the resurrection of Jesus Christ. Living faith is based on the fact that our sins and the punishment for those sins was transferred to him. And why he did it, I will never understand. But his righteousness was then transferred to us. Oh, somebody ought to shout amen. Thank you, Jesus. I'm no longer unclean. I'm righteous through the blood of Jesus Christ. I choose to live by faith because I'm justified in the Lord Jesus Christ. Secondly, living by faith means I am, this one you won't like as well, crucified with Christ. I know I hear you saying, now stop, but don't go down that road. You know, a few months ago, I wrote an email about you and I being willing, should be willing to pick up our cross and follow him. And exactly what all that meant. Talked about being crucified daily with the Lord Jesus. And our email list has over 3,000 people on it. And some of them obviously don't go to church here. They've been on the list for a long, long time. I had two responses to that email. Both of them, believe it, you ready for this? Both of them were for pastors. And both of these guys, who I don't know personally, said in the email they responded to me, you don't need to preach that old stuff because that's no longer applicable in this society. We're a society that lives by grace. I want to say, wait a minute. Why are you arguing with me? I didn't write those words. The Apostle Paul wrote those words. And you'll not find anyone who is more in favor and more pro-grace than the Apostle Paul. But the Apostle Paul understood in order to live in grace, in order to walk in grace, I've got to die to myself every single day. I have to be crucified with Christ in order to receive the grace of God that flows through my life. So many people are preaching an easy gospel. I'm here to tell you there was nothing easy about Jesus Christ being killed on a cross. There was nothing easy about him being beaten by the Roman soldiers. There was nothing easy about the Sanhedrin, all 120 of them, coming and slapping him in the face time after time after time. There was nothing easy about the Roman soldiers, probably at least 300 of them, walking by saying, Hail to the King of the Jews and spitting in his face. There was nothing easy about having his hands and his feet nailed to a piece of lumber and hanging there until the last breath was gone. Don't you tell me about an easy gospel. He paid a huge price so that you and I could be free. So when I say to you this morning, don't you turn me off, don't you back up, because I say we need to be crucified with Christ. That's what the Word says. It's not what this preacher said. I didn't make that up. That's what the Apostle Paul wrote to the Galatians. We should be crucified with Christ. We should understand what it meant, how much it cost for him to buy our salvation. Look at verse 20. He started out by saying, I've been crucified with Christ. It's no longer I who lives, but Christ lives in me. And the life which I now live in this body, in the flesh, I live by the faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. Every aspect of faith flows through the crucifixion. Every aspect of you and I having a relationship with God flows through the crucifixion. Under the law, there was sacrifice. Once a year, the high priest went in with the blood of the spotless lamb. He offered it on the mercy seat for the atonement of the sins of all Israel. Now listen to me, that atonement applied to their past sins. 
It had nothing to do what would happen with the day offered the sacrifice or the weeks or the months afterwards because the next year, the same sacrifice would have to be made for their past sins. But when we step into the New Testament, when we step into the covenant of grace, when we step into a life of faith, then we understand we are justified once for all. When he gave his life for me and I accepted him, everything in my past is wiped away. Everything in my present is wiped away. Every mistake of my future is going to be wiped away because I'm justified with Jesus Christ. And when I choose to be crucified with him, every single day I can live that life submitted to the cross. The apostle said, I die daily, daily. Denying a crucified life is reverting to a life of works and law and regulations. And maybe that's where you're at today. Maybe you define religion by what you can do and what you can't do. Maybe you have a set of rules that you live by, and that's all it is, is a set of rules. Can I challenge you to come to the real and saving faith of Jesus Christ, move out of that place of being a law man, and move into that place where you say, I'm crucified with Christ today. Nevertheless, I live. Yet the life that I now live in this flesh, in this body, I live by faith in the Son of God who loved me and gave himself for me. That's what Paul is telling the Galatians. He's telling them, forget about your silly rules. Forget about your works. That's not going to get you there. The only way you're going to get there is by faith in Jesus Christ, by allowing his grace and his mercy to flow through his life and bring a change in you that changes your behavior, that changes the way you act and think and believe and behave on a daily basis. You see, when we read these scriptures, we become keenly aware that grace is not a license to sin. The liberty we have by living in faith for Jesus Christ doesn't mean I can do whatever I want to do whenever I want to do it. It doesn't mean that I can live the way I did prior to coming to Christ. No. When we come to him and we live by faith, he makes daily changes in our lives. He transforms us moment by moment by moment by moment. And if we aren't doing that, then all we're doing is reverting to being law followers. Reverting to being those who depend on what I do and the works I attain in order to buy our way into heaven. No, we have to crucify the flesh every day. Just as Christ died on the cross, we die to ourselves, and we allow him to come alive in us. Look at Romans chapter 8. It makes a very, very important point. Uh, verses eight, 14 through 8. Very important point about what we need to know and understand. I'm reading this from the message. Same writer that wrote Galatians is writing Romans, the Apostle Paul. He said, so don't you see that we don't owe this old do-it-yourself life one red cent? There's nothing in it for us. Nothing at all. The best thing to do is to give it a decent burial. I love that phrase. I don't owe this old dead life one cent. This old life that tells me I have to work for everything. I don't know what to say. The best thing I can do is give it a decent burial. Get on with your new life. God's spirit beckons. There are things to do and places to go. This resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant. Greeting God with a child like, what's next, Papa? 
God's Spirit touches our spirits and conforms us to who we really are. We know who He is, and we know who we are, father and children. And we know we're going to get what's coming to us, an unbelievable inheritance. We go through exactly what Christ goes through. If we go through hard times with Him, then we're certainly going to go through good times with Him. I crucify myself every day. Be crucified every day is what Paul says. When we read Romans 8, it makes it very clear that we need to walk away from the old life and embrace the new life that comes through faith in Jesus Christ. And when we do that, I love this phrase in this passage. It says in verses 15, uh, the resurrection life you receive from God is not a timid, grave-tending life. It's adventurously expectant adventurously expectant. I guarantee you, you can wake up every morning and you can look forward to what God's going to do in your life. It's not the same old, same old, same old, but every day is new in him when you crucify yourself with Christ. I guarantee you, Glenn Burns, that every day you find adventure in your life. Things come to you that you never anticipated, never expected, never planned for. But it's wonderful because we see God show up in those situations. Oh, come on, friend. Get out of the boredom. Get out of the mundane. Get out of religion as usual and allow yourself to be crucified daily with the Lord Jesus Christ. Because when you do, life takes on a whole nother flavor. You begin living in color at that moment in time and seeing what God is really able to do. Paul said, I die daily. I die to a life of works. I die to laws. I die to regulations. And I come alive in faith to Jesus Christ, and I live by faith in him. So grace is not a liberty or license to sin, but it's an empowering force that enables us to display the fruits of righteousness in our lives. We'll never see, listen to me, we'll we'll never see the works of God. We'll never see his hand moving mightily in our lives. We'll never see his miracles until we adopt and accept the fact that we have to crucify ourselves daily. We must be crucified with Christ. That's what the scripture tells us. Most of you know who Jim Elliott is, at least you've heard the name. He was a missionary along with four of his friends who were martyred in Ecuador in the 1950s. He made a lot of statements that are still true and pertinent today. One of those is he is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. He is no fool who gives what he cannot keep to gain what he cannot lose. Can I tell you, when you say, I'm going to be crucified with Christ every day, you're giving what you can't keep. You're giving this life, this temporal thing. You're giving your desires of the flesh, and you're accepting, you're gaining life in Jesus Christ. I love the way one person said it. Don't tell me about the labor pains. Just show me the baby. Show me the baby. Show me the fruits of righteousness in your life. Is it going to hurt? Sometimes it does. Is it pleasant being crucified with Christ? Seldom is it. Crucifixion isn't pleasant. But oh, it's so worth it. The reward is so great. The end game is so wonderful. So can I challenge you? Wherever you're at today, go all in for Jesus Christ. Give it all to him. Allow yourself to be crucified with him every single day. Stop being a half-hearted Christian. Stop being a lukewarm Christian. You know what happens to those folks? The book of Revelation says he spews you out of his mouth. Oh, come on, be crucified with Christ every day. 
You need to understand that's the only way we please God. It's the only way we see the mercies and the grace and the provision and the miracles and the promises of God coming to work in our past. Don't be some old stuck-in-the-mud church people. Get out of that. Crucify yourself every day with Jesus Christ. Never forget the first church I pastored was in southern Kansas, a little small town called Arkansas City. And I hadn't been there very long. And you understand, I'm a country boy from Oklahoma. And out there, we just tell it like it is. So one day I was preaching about the fact that you couldn't sit on the fence with one foot in the world and one foot in the kingdom of God. That doesn't work. It never has. It never will. And I made this statement. I said, all you're going to get if you sit on that fence is splinters in your crotch. Well, you wouldn't believe the response I got the next day. We said those things in western Oklahoma. It wasn't a big deal. But this prim and proper little 60-year-old woman came to see me. I can't believe you said that word. What word? I had no idea what she was talking about. And she wouldn't say it. She hemmed and hauled all the way around. And you know that word you used when you said you're sitting on the fence. All you're going to get is splinters. I said, oh, you mean crotch? Yeah, that's what I mean. She was offended. Listen, you can be offended by so many things around you. Get over yourself. If you will allow yourself every day to be crucified with Christ, that level of offense decreases. And your desire to serve him and live for him increases every single day. I tell you, that wasn't near as bad. It's when I announced on a Sunday morning that we're starting a new Sunday school class and we'd be showing adult movies in the sanctuary. That wasn't nearly as bad as that one. Come on, get over yourself and allow God to do what he wants to do in your life. Because when you say, I will be crucified with Christ daily, it allows you to put yourself in a position where God's going to honor that. God's going to recognize that. And he's going to pour his best into your life. Living by faith means I lay down my plan and I accept him. Living by faith means I believe he's always right. He's always merciful. He's always just. He's always kind. He's always compassionate. He always has my best interest at heart. That's why the writer of Hebrews wrote it this way in Hebrews 13, verses 20 through 21. Now may the God of peace who brought again the dead, our, from the dead our Lord Jesus, the great shepherd of the sheep, by the blood of the eternal covenant, equip you with every good thing. Did you hear that? May the God of peace who raised Jesus from the dead equip you with every good thing that you may be able to do his will, working in us that which is pleasing in his sight through Jesus Christ, to whom be glory and glory forever and ever. Amen. Do you hear what he said? May the same God who raised Jesus from the dead equip you with every good work so that you can please him when we crucify ourselves with Christ every day. We put ourselves in a position where the God of heaven can allow the power of the resurrection to flow through our lives. Because if we're crucified, we're dying to ourselves. So we also need a resurrection, and that resurrection comes through the life of Jesus Christ. And we're able then to do those things that are according to his will and that are pleasing to him. The psalmist wrote it this way in Psalm 31, 19 and 20. How great is your goodness, which you've laid up for those who fear you which you've prepared for those who trust in you. In the presence of the sons of men, you shall hide them in the secret place of your presence. From the plots of men, 
You will keep them secretly in the pavilion from the strife of tongues. The message translates it this way. What a stack of blessings you piled up for those who worship you. Ready and waiting for all who run to you to escape an unkind world. You hide them safely from the opposition. I love that. What a stack of blessings you have piled up for those who worship you. Somebody ought to say, thank you, Jesus. Praise the Lord. I worship your holy name. I receive that stack of blessings you piled up for me. And I choose today to crucify myself daily with Jesus. Living by faith means being crucified with Christ daily. It means believing in the resurrection power. It means trusting in the goodness of God. And number three, living by faith means not frustrating the grace of God. Look at Galatians chapter 2, verse 21. I'm going to read it from the message. Paul writes it this way. It's not clear, is it not clear to you that to go back to that old rule-keeping, peer-pleasing religion would be an abandonment of everything personal and free in my relationship with God. He said, I refuse to do that, to repudiate God's grace. If a living relationship with God would come by rule keeping, then Christ died unnecessarily. What did he say? He said, I will not frustrate the grace of God. I will not repudiate the grace of God. I understand that when I choose to live by the law, I'm saying that his sacrifice is not sufficient. But when I understand I crucify myself every day, I declare his sacrifice is more than enough to see me through. What's Paul saying in that? He's saying when you come to Christ, don't go, don't go back to the way you once lived. Maybe you came out of religion. Maybe you came out of laws. Well, if you did, then don't go back. Don't start continue to try to do it your way but rest in him. Let him lead you. Don't invent a new way to follow Jesus. Have you ever noticed how many people do that? I mean, there's churches that have sprung up all over the community because someone found a new way. Now, that's not the way it works, folks. There's still one gospel. There's still one way to Jesus Christ. There's still one way to God and one door to heaven, and that's through the man, Jesus Christ. Don't repudiate God's grace by trying to do what you once did, by going back to those old ways. Don't repudiate God's grace through your doubt. I'm not sure it's enough for me. I'm not sure that's sufficient for me. You don't know what I've done. You don't know the sins I've committed. It's may, it may not be sufficient for me. Don't repudiate God's grace through your doubt. Don't repudiate God's grace through your fear. So many people even today are living in fear. Fear has gripped our planet, and they're afraid of a virus that's so, how do I say that without offending? I can't say it without offending someone, so I'm just going to say it, that in the light of eternity is very ineffective. It really isn't going to hurt many of us, not even touch us. Listen to me, friend. Don't buy the lie that's being sold. Fear is not your friend, it's your enemy. Stand up, be a man or a woman of courage. Matter of fact, Winston Churchill said, fear is a response, courage is a decision. You need to put that in your pipe and remember it. You need to put that somewhere down in your spirit so that every time that spirit of fear comes against you, you stand up and say, no, fear is a response and I will not respond in fear to what I'm hearing or what I'm seeing. I will act in courage because that's the decision I make. You need to stand up and be courageous in this world today. Stop fearing things. Listen to me. Stop fearing something that's never going to happen to you.
Say amen or say on me. I don't care which. But some of you need to digest that. You're so afraid of what might happen. You're so afraid of what the media is telling you that you are absolutely paralyzed. You can't do anything. Stop fearing something that's not going to happen to you. Stand in faith and believe God and choose to act in courage. Make a decision. I'm courageous. Make a decision that if God said it, God's going to take care of it. If God declared it, it's going to come to pass. If God says you're forgiven, then why are you still worrying over, anguishing over what you did in the past? If God says you're forgiven, it's washed away. It's wiped out. It's never remembered again against you. It's in the Old Testament. God would put the Israelites' sin as far as the east is from the west. He would put the Israelites' sin in the sea of forgetfulness. But when we move to the New Testament, when Jesus died on the cross, when he gave his last breath for our forgiveness, he didn't just put our sins as far as the east is from the west. He didn't drop them in the sea of forgetfulness, but he washed them away. They're absolutely gone, never to be remembered again. So when God says you're forgiven, say, hallelujah, I'm forgiven. That past life is behind me. I'll not be held captive any longer by the things I once did or used to do. Tom, would you come back, please? If God declared, no weapon formed against you shall prosper, and every tongue that rises against you, you shall condemn, because this is the heritage of the servants of the Lord. If God declared it, then why are you still worried about what's going on out there? Do you understand your enemy is defeated? There is no plan he can come up with that will be a victor over you. There is no weapon formed against you that will conquer you or harm you. When God says it, it's time to believe it. It's time to act on it. It's time to live like it. Don't be bound by fear, but rather believe what God said. If God said, I will supply all your needs according to my riches and glory, then stop counting the ones you don't think you can supply. Well, that's a good, good scripture. I love that scripture, but uh, I don't think you can give me the money I need to pay my rent this month. Well, probably if you don't go to work and get a job, he won't. That's right. But if you'll do your part, he's going to do his part. I assure you of that. I'll supply your needs according to my riches and glory, he said. So why don't you trust him to do that? You see, we don't want to live by faith because we want to control everything in our lives. But what we give up when we crucify ourselves with Christ every day is that control. We say, I trust you, Father, to give me what I need every moment of every day. I rely upon you, Father. I rely upon your abilities and your word. I rely upon your grace and your mercy. I rely on you. If God said it, why don't you accept it? Believe it. Act on it. And watch and see what's going to happen in your life. If God said, I'm going to fight for you, then why are you always in a place where you're attacking or trying to defend? Why are you always angry? Why are you always stirred up? God said, I'll fight for you. If he said, I'll fight for you, then back off. Let him go before you. Let him be your rear guard. Let him surround you on every flank and watch and see what happens in your life. Live in the peace and the rest that God has promised you. If God said, I will deliver you, then why are you still struggling with those old addictions? Let him set you free. Let him break that chain once and for all in and over your life. The God I know, the God I serve, when we choose to live that crucified life, that life of faith, 
then we see those chains falling off. We see those addictions being broken away. There's a commercial I've seen on TV a couple of times, don't know what it's for, but the lady's standing by this whole stack of vodka. And she says, vodka, do you have to go to meetings five days a week to get over me like I do to get over you? I read that and you know, the first thing is to laugh because it's meant to be funny. But then I thought, how sad. What a commentary on our society. When we don't understand the life of living by faith, then we continue to carry that baggage, those chains, and those addictions with us forever and ever and ever. And God is saying today, if you'll trust me, I'll set you free. I'll break every chain. You can shake off those heavy bands and you can see my salvation in your life. Psalm 27, 7 declares this, the Lord is my light and my salvation. Whom shall I fear? The Lord is the stronghold of my life. Of whom shall I be afraid? Paul wrote it this way in Ephesians chapter 6. We actually referred to that passage last week. You can go back and watch that message at allnationstallahassee.com. But that passage in chapter 6 verse 13 of the book of Ephesians says, And having done all to stand, stand therefore. You see, living the life of faith means we accept what God has declared. We believe what God has said. We embrace the direction God has given, and every day we stand for Him. Good or bad, I shall not be moved, just like the tree planted beside the living waters. Stand to your feet with me this morning. You're watching online. You're in the sanctuary. It's time to say, Father, I choose to live a life of faith. I choose to trust you for everything in my life, good or bad, positive or negative. I choose to give it all to you. I understand I'm justified. I'm going to crucify myself with Christ every day, and I'm going to rely on you. I believe you for every good thing you have prepared for me. I'm not going to frustrate the grace of God. I'm going to move in the grace of God to develop fruits of righteousness in and over my life. Father, I pray now for your people, for your church. I pray that you'd infuse us with Holy Ghost power, that you'd empower us to live a life of faith, that we would understand it's not because of what I do that I'm accepted in God's sight. It's because of what Christ has done that I'm accepted. Thank you for justifying us that once for all our sin was forgiven. Thank you for setting us free. Thank you for showing us through the apostle that if we will crucify ourselves daily with Christ, the power of God then flows through our lives. The miracles of God happen in our lives. The blessing of God rests upon our lives. And thank you, Father, for reminding us we should never frustrate the grace of God by going back to those old religious ways. But we should walk in the liberty and the freedom that you've given to us. If you're watching or listening this morning and you've never accepted Christ as your Lord and Savior, right now you can do that. You don't have to be in a church. You don't have to respond to an altar. You can, right where you're at, maybe in your car, just pull over and say, Father, forgive me. I believe in your Son, Jesus Christ. I believe He died for my sins. And I ask you to forgive me of my sins. Right in your living room, I ask you to forgive me of my sins and come into my life do an eternal work in me, and then thank Him for what He's done. Give Him honor, give Him glory, and give Him praise. 
made it to the end of the message, and now what? Is God leading you to make a change? Are you needing a good church home where you can grow and help others grow as you fulfill your part in the body of Christ? Then we invite you to join us at All Nations Church on Sharer Road in Tallahassee, a multicultural church founded on the truth of God's Word and the power of the Holy Spirit. Our Sunday morning service is at 10.30 and Wednesday night service at 7, plus youth group and kid power and small groups and more. For more information, visit our website, allnationstallahassee.com.